Hi everyone, just want to say a massive thank you for choosing to listen to my little show called Spill It. Spill It is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm via Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers can interact with the show by leaving comments. For more details of Spill It, head over to the Facebook hub at www.facebook.com forward slash spilling it. So however you're listening to this, make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hi everybody, welcome to Spill It. My name is Marcus and I am your host for the evening because you don't have any other hosts, it's always me. But yes, welcome to Spill It. This is a show where I get to talk to or, uh, talk to ordinary people who do absolutely extraordinary things. Now those extraordinary things may not necessarily be extraordinary in their eyes, but I think that everybody is extraordinary in, in their own way. They can talk about whatever they want to talk about on this show, whether that be a hobby, an interest, a movie, a TV series, and talk about a specific character, whatever it is. This is a show where you can come onto, onto and you can talk to me and the wider audience about whatever you want to talk about. Um, so get those comments rolling in, guys, and don't forget uh, to... That was the wrong banner. <laughs> to like, share, and comment as well. So, uh, Spill It is a show, there we go, there's the correct banner, we, we get to talk about the three different pillars. So I have three different pillars, which is connect, inspire, and learn. So each episode should follow uh, connect, inspire, and learn. We want to connect the world. It's been through, been, been through a time where, you know, there's a lot of stuff been going on, we're far and far apart. So let's connect each other. Let's inspire each other as well through different stories and through experiences. And let's learn from those experiences as well and learn from each other. It's amazing, really. We want to, we really want to learn. We really want to learn. I want to learn. I, I think I know everything, to be fair. I don't need to learn everything. <laughs> I already know it all. I am the oracle. Um, but let's, uh, let's learn together. Some comments are rolling through already. We've got Scott joining in. Scott says, hey. Hey, hey, Scott, hey. And we have Lisa. Lisa says, hi. Hi, Lisa. Hope you're okay. Uh, so let's start our first section, which is time to be inspired. So time to be inspired is a section where I get to talk about somebody in the community, in the world. In the community. Let's say in the community. I get to talk about somebody that is in the community uh, who is doing something well. Or let's let's say in the country. Let's not say the community because we want to go. want to we want to branch further afield, don't we? We, we you know we want to have everybody out there. We want everybody coming in. So let's say in the country or other countries. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I want everybody to be included. So you know, if you're overseas, let me know. That's fine. Um, but I want everybody to feel connected. So let's connect the country. So somebody in the country is doing exceptionally well. Um, but let's feel a little bit inspired. Here's a little bit of inspiration for you. The Kids for Kids virtual show is this week. And on the on Saturday, the 22nd of August at 7 p.m. It's a completely free show, which is on Twitch. You can have a look at all of the hard work that they've been doing by visiting twitch.tv forward slash kids for kids. Or if you want to have a bit more information about Kids for Kids, you can visit the website at kidsforkids.co. That's not K-I-D-S, like the normal spelling. No, no, no. It is K-I-D-Z, number four, K-I-D-Z, dot co. Not dot co.uk and not dot com. It is just purely and simply 
www.hardwarebeats.co. You can jump on there, uh, on that website, and you can have a look at all the hardware that they've been doing and the story about Kids for Kids. We have done an episode on that. You could go back in a few weeks and you could watch that episode. But uh, we have got the Kids for Kids show on uh, Twitch, Twitch TV on Saturday, and that's at twitch.tv forward slash kids for kids. We have got the, uh, oh yeah, they got Kids for Kids virtual show number two. It's actually, to be fair, the musicals. So it's if you're feeling quite musical, Musically, musical. If you like musicals, essentially, the Kids of Kids cast have been putting together routines and songs all to do with musicals. Now, whether that be Disney songs or a little bit of high school musical, we're all in this together. I don't know if they've done that, actually. <laughs> but I know for a fact that they have got a little bit of Rocky Horror in there because Mr. Choreographer over here did it. So, yes, I know that they've got uh, that coming on as well. Um. Hope y'all well, Scott. I hope y'all well too, Scott. Uh, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. Thank you. Uh, John James. Hi, Marcus. Hi, John. Hope you're okay. So, why why else should we be inspired? Well, last week's guest, Jack, came on to the show. And he was talking about his campaign. Now, this leads me on to our competition as well, which I'll get on to shortly. But uh, Jack is doing absolutely amazingly well with his campaign. And I think that it should have some more shout-outs as well. And after tonight's episode, what I'll be doing is putting on all of his um, social media stuff and the campaign and all that lot. Um, I was I didn't do it last week, you see. So, you know, my fault. But I didn't do it last week. However, this week, uh, I'm going to post it everywhere. And I want everybody to go and follow Jack because it's a tremendous story that he's, that he's telling at the moment. And I think that it's uh, it's, it's definitely worth a second shout-out. So there you go, Jack. That is my second shout-out for you. For you. Um, <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race reference there for anybody that, uh, that, that watched last season. There you go. So we have got episode eight, Wellness Wednesday. So Wellness Wednesday, it's a Wednesday. We talk about wellness. Wellness Wednesday. There you go. Uh, it's all about mental health. Uh, it's going to be a really, really good episode. It's going to be something that I can really dig my teeth into as well, which I cannot wait for. And Nathan joins us at 7.15pm to come and talk about everything to do with Wellness Wednesday, talk about uh, the um, mental health side of things, the depression things, the anxiety, and how he's been able to get through that with the team mentality as well, with the typhoons, which I'm hoping that a lot of the typhoons are already watching a few people have commented from the typhoons we have max that's popped in hi max hope you're okay um lisa says can you say hello to rob thornton hi rob thornton hello this is a hello message for you mr rob thornton there you go rob thornton there's your little message for you but uh hoping that more of these typhoons come in and watch as well i have had a few questions come in from a specific member of the typhoons as well so that question will pop up at some point. And um, right, let's move on to our next section. It's the weather time. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Feeling hot, hot, hot. How are you feeling? Feeling hot, hot, hot. That's right, it's the weather time. That means that I get to talk to you about the weather. What is the weather like where you are? Let me know in the comments. Guys, get them comments coming in right now. Let me know exactly what the weather's like, um, exactly where you are. 
tell me, hashtag weather time. You don't need to do the hashtag. I'm just saying hashtag weather time because I wanted to say that. But um, let me know where, where you are in the country or overseas, wherever you are. Overseas. I don't know what that was. Overseas. Um, and let me know what the weather is like too. So I am not in my usual setup, you see. Normally, I have just a plain wall behind me. This is a plain wall, but the angle's a little bit different. Uh, I am in a hotel in Glasgow. And I'm looking out of the window in Glasgow. And it's a little bit shit. The sunshine was there a little bit ago, but it is a little bit shit. The, the clouds are there. The clouds are gloomy. It's a little bit shit, guys. Uh, We've got John James. Says it's wet. I mean, you might need to be a little more specific there, uh, but it's uh, it's wet. Where are you? Where is it wet, John James? Let me know. Uh, Lisa, it's crap. <laughs> it's a little bit shit. <laughs> so the the weather goes really hot or nice or great. Then it goes a little bit shit. If it's not great, it's a little bit shit. <laughs> if it's great, it's a little bit shit. We have got uh, Max in Bolton. It's rainy and cold, so it's a little bit shit, Max. Uh, to be fair, I think I think the UK is having a little bit of a shit time with weather. But there you go. We won't say we won't keep saying that word anymore because I'm aware that it's only seven o'clock. So I don't want to get into trouble for all these little kids that might be watching and going, "Oh, he said it's wet." As uh, so, make sure as well, guys, that you have checked out our other episodes. If you haven't checked our other episodes, you can go on to www.facebook.com forward slash spilling it, and you can have a look at all of our previous episodes because. We are on episode eight. This is officially a series, guys. It's a series. We are on episode eight. It's crazy. Uh, speaking of it's crazy, there will be a new logo popping in very, very shortly, uh, courtesy of my good friend, Mike, who designs all of my logos. Not only can you get the normal Spill It logo, which is uh, there in that corner, but you can also get this magnificent masterpiece as well. Uh, this one is available. And also, there will be a little anime version of me. Yes, that's right, guys. A little anime version of me, of moi. And it'll be saying, it's crazy, with a spilt teacup. That is crazy. See, I can't stop saying it. It's just crazy. It's mental. I absolutely love it. So, uh, Scott is joining in with the weather as well. Sat here in the humidity in my spilt top. Yes, that's right, Scott. You received your spilt top today. You sent me a photo of it because uh, you won the competition. So that brings us over to our next section. It's competition time, ladies and gentlemen. So competition time. Last week, I asked the question of... What is the name of the new campaign that Jack has launched this year? So Jack was our guest from last week. And the answer put you into a draw to win some Spill It merchandise. And this week, we had another T-shirt. You can choose, obviously, the logo. But the T-shirt is up for grabs. And the answer was, be kind. It was the Stammer Awareness campaign. And the winner is, let me pull it up. Hang on. I'm going to type it up because... This one, I didn't type up before, but there we go. The winner of the competition for last week is Lisa Marie. 
Well done, Lisa Marie. You have won yourself a Spillet t-shirt or a vest top or a hoodie. It's up to not a hoodie. That's too expensive for me. You have won either a Spillet t-shirt or a Spillet vest. Yes, one of those two. Uh, you can get it. All you have to do is just get in touch with me uh, via Facebook, whatever, however, carry a pigeon, however you want to get in touch with me. And you can, uh, let, if you let me know your the size that you want and the local that you want, I will get that sent over to you. And obviously your address, I need your address. Otherwise, I, I can't send it. I can carry a pigeon it. It might not reach to you, though. So, you know, we'll wait and see. Right. But there you go. So that is uh, our competition time. Um, we have got a couple more minutes left before Nathan joins. Has everybody hit that share button? I hope you have, because it's important. Let's get the message out there. This is a great. This is going to be a great episode as well, talking about Wellness Wednesday, talking about uh, mental health, talking about anxiety, talking about depression. Um, and yeah, I can't wait for it. I've personally, I've gone through a lot of stuff. I've got, you know, I've had mental health problems, and um, so I'm really looking forward to getting involved in this. Um, in in this conversation in this talk yes in this talk uh, so i'm getting i'm really excited for this i can't wait it's gonna be really really good it's 1913 guys i'm so excited i've had too much coffee if you can't tell <laughs> when you're sat in a hotel there's nothing else to do but drink coffee so i'm just like a little bit jittery i'm like ha ah. but there you go so oh there we go bev has dropped in the comments she's shared thanks bev thanks for sharing means a lot to me. Gets me right in the feels. Hope you're all okay, guys. I think, I think it's about time that we bring on our guest. I know it's only 1914, but you know what? I'm, I'm talking enough. <laughs> I'm talking for everybody. <laughs> let's, let's leave me to calm down a little bit, and then let's bring on our guest. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of those in between, Please, can you give a nice warm welcome? Plenty of applause. Plenty of these emojis. These emojis in the uh, in the comments, please. Plenty of those for our guest, Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hello. How are you? How are you? Are you okay? Nervous. Yeah. Nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm apprehensive, but yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. You'll be fine. You built it up so much. I have built it up, built it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, oh, John James has said, "What's a minute between friends?" <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Plenty of applause coming through. We've got Bev with her applause. We've got John James with his applause. We've got Ben. Uh, ben oh, Benjamin is watching. Hi, Ben. Hope you're okay. Uh, go, Nathan. Go, says James. No, whoop whoop. There we go. We've got plenty, got plenty, got plenty of shout outs for you now. They're all waiting for me to shut up and just for you to come on. That was all. They've all been silently waiting in the uh, in the back. Um, right. Watching to be fair. Um. So, are you ready for some? Uh... Oh, there's your mum. Is that your mum? That's me. Ah, yeah. oh, hi, mum. Hope you're okay. Um. Right, are you ready for some? Uh, are you ready for some questions? Oh yeah, okay, go for it. <laughs> to be fair, I have only got one question for you. I might have more later on, but one question to start it all off because this is your time now. Who is Nathan? 
Good question. Um, yeah, I think because we're talking about mental health, I think um, the best way for me to answer that is it depends who you're asking that question to. If you're asking that question to my friends, my teammates, my colleagues, my family in general, I think they would tell you Nathan is this happy, smiley, always positive guy, fairly confident, knows himself, um, is quite secure in himself. Well, I think, you know, if you were to ask the people who are closest to me, the people I confide in, and you were to ask me directly, I think the answer would be totally different. I would tell you probably that I'm a very shy, insecure person, lacks confidence, low self-esteem, and basically is full of anxiety. Um, and that's really why I wanted to come on to the show to talk about anxiety and depression, which is something which I've dealt with for a long time. Um, I am, disgust me to say it, but I'm approaching my 30th. I turned 30 at the end of this year. Um, and I have you can't you can't be going at... health problems since I was fifteen. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, you can't start saying bad things about being thirty. You know, I am thirty-three. <laughs> it's approaching thirty. It's, it's like that's oh, just no terrifying. So we're not going to dwell on being thirty. We're not going to dwell on it. Um, but yeah, like I say, uh, I, you know, I've dealt with mental health issues since since I was young. Since I was, you know, probably fifteen was when I first became aware of it. And you know, like I say, I'm nearly thirty, so that's almost half my life. Which, when you say out oh, loud, that's kind of a worrying thing. Like almost half my life, I've been dealing with mental health problems. Um, and it was only recently, like two and a half years ago, that I found the typhoons, which have been a massive turning point for me. Um, so really, and, and really that joining the typhoons was how I kind of turned things around for myself in many ways. Um, so that's a long time going without much feeling of support. Just for, um, just um, for, those, who do, for those who don't know who the typhoons are, can you just explain who the typhoons are and then um, yeah. how, they, how they've yeah. helped as well? Yeah, so Typhoons are Lancashire's first inclusive rugby team. Um, we are a club of around 70 members now, so we're, we're quite a large group, and that's just some of them there. Um, we have both a touch and a union rugby team. I am a member of both teams. I play touch, I play rugby, uh, rugby union. I'm also a committee member. I'm also an assistant coach taking on lots of stuff as I normally do um, and so yeah over the last couple of years the Typhoon has really been a massive support network for me and, and one of the things I'll touch on a little bit later is you know just what inclusive means um, you know not many people think inclusive just means we let a bunch of gays run around a rugby pitch not the case you know inclusive really does mean everybody Everyone is welcome, even the people like myself with a lot of baggage to, to bring along. Um, and so, yeah, they've been a massive part of my my mental health journey, if you will. I hate that word, but it's the only one I can think of right now. Um, well, yeah, like I say, it's, it, my mental health issues started when in my teens. And I think a lot of 
people who can probably relate to this, you know, in the LGBT community in particular, a lot of my mental health and my anxiety and my depression started because of my sexuality. You know, I, I spent many years hating who I was, not really liking the person I was, and really struggling to come to terms with the fact that I was gay. And couple that with this feeling of not belonging to a particular group or you know even within like my, my family like my dad's side of the family is used to you know, a typical Yorkshire family you know manly men like labor intensive jobs go out to work provide for the wife and the kids and you know and even that side of things it wasn't really me I didn't really feel like I fit in so couple that feeling of not belonging with with all like I say this inner turmoil of of my sexuality and, and this anxiety of being outed, you know, it made for a very lonely and very isolated time in my life. But that wasn't something I wanted to share with people. You know, I'd always been, you know, the clown of the group. I'd always been that person who wanted to make everyone else smile and everyone else happy, wanted to on the outside appear actually positive and, you know, even annoyingly so. I, I would have preferred the outer world to see me like that. Um, yeah. And so it was never really something I discussed with anyone. Um, and, you know, we're not talking long ago, really, in, in the grand scheme of things, 10, 15 years. But when I was a teen, mental health wasn't something you talked about. It wasn't a topic at school. You know, you didn't learn about it. Um, you know, we didn't, you know, nowadays you get adverts on TV. But, you know, it's okay not to be okay. You know, you didn't get that when I was teen. And like I say, that wasn't that long ago. And even, you know, the, the media representation of mental health was poor. It is, it's getting better. It was a long way to go, but it was very poor. And, and you know, looking back, you know, it kind of mental health and in, in the media when I was growing up, um, it... Thank you, Scott. Um, it really boiled down to three types. You know, you either had your moody teenager, you know, dressed all in black, listening to heavy metal, eyes to the floor, you know, people don't understand me, I hate the world kind of view. You had, you know, films where they had, you know, the businessman who always found himself on a ledge or the bottom of a bottle, you know, that desperate, uh, that desperation, if you will. Or you had the complete other end of the spectrum, the lunatic, the crazy person in the asylum. And that was how the world kind of viewed mental health. You were either moody, desperate, or crazy. And so growing up, I didn't know how to handle mental health. It, it was just something that was there, and I just had to deal with it on my own because I didn't think anyone else could help me. Um, and like I say, a lot of that came from my sexuality and the angst and the anxiety I had around that um, and I did some stupid stuff growing up you know stuff that I, again I'm sure many people can relate to you know I, I started drinking a bit too young um, self-harm which again is the first time I've said that out loud so I think there'll be people listening who are a bit shocked by that um, and on one occasion an attempted overdose which thankfully was a, a failed attempt um and so yeah they were the, really the only ways i knew how to deal with it and and 
you know, I just, that's the only way I could, I could deal with it because I didn't want to tell anyone because the moment I told someone, the moment I would have to reveal the, the thing that was causing the anxiety, which was my sexuality. And I wasn't ready to talk about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my teens were very difficult for that reason. But then slowly over time, you know, I, I left school, I went to university and I, I began to kind of surround myself with people who were accepting of me and were, you know, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know, people who loved me for me. And so slowly over time, you know, through my later teens, through university and afterwards, you know, I found that the two things, anxiety and depression and my sexuality were being separated because my, my sexuality wasn't an issue anymore. You know, I'd started coming out to people, people were accepting, I was embracing who I was. But what was weird for me is that the anxiety and the depression was still there. They were still lingering. And whereas in my teens, I could say, right, this is because of my sexuality, all of a sudden I was in a position where I couldn't say that anymore because mm. I didn't know why I was feeling sad. I didn't know why I was getting anxious over the littlest thing. I didn't have a reason for any of that. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. You know, a lot of people, and I've been guilty of it myself, you know, when you talk to someone, you know, your, your initial reaction is to say, well, what's triggered it? What's happened? Why do you feel like this? And as I began to learn, sometimes there just isn't a reason. Sometimes you just wake up and you just feel like crap and you just don't want to be, you just don't want to be. Um, and it's a very lonely place. You know, you could be standing in a room full of your friends and your family and you could still feel like the loneliest person on earth. And that's a feeling I, I lived with for, for a long, long time. And it was really kind of the point of, of that stuck out for me was when a close friend of mine kind of opened up about their struggles um, with mental health. And this was someone who I had and still do, you know, revere and that I love to bits. And, you know, it's someone I look up to as kind of a, as a, you know, this strong, confident, intelligent, successful, well-liked, like, you know, figure in my world. Um, and then he opened up to me and it kind of made me feel like, you know what, maybe I'm not alone, actually. Maybe I'm not a freak. Maybe I'm not broken. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, obviously, you feel devastated for them. They're going through this horrible thing. But on the other hand, you kind of feel like a sense of relief because you feel like someone I know and someone I love is going through the same thing. And we have that shared experience. And like I say, this is someone strong, this is someone confident and successful, someone I grew up wishing I was. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that helped me kind of build a, a foundation that I could continue to build on over the years. Um, and I kind of thought to myself from that point, right, I need to deal with this. I need, I need some way of dealing with it. And the, my way of dealing with mental health and what I was going through was to keep myself as busy as possible, to absolutely fill every second of every day with stuff, whether it was you know, DIY, housework, 
you know, finding extra hobbies, trying new, whatever it was, just filling every second so that the anxiety and the depression didn't have any of my time. And I thought that was how you dealt with it. And I, that was my coping mechanism for years, years and years and years. Um, and, you know, we had, there were good days and there were bad days, you know, and there were days where I'd wake up feeling like crap, like I've said, and there were days where I kind of kept it at bay. But it was always there in the background that I thought that was normal. I thought that was a normal way to approach life. You know, kind of, you know, you hear it all the time, you know, I was surviving, but I wasn't really listening, uh, living. Um, thank you, Sean. Um, and, you know, that just became my existence, really. You know, just managing from day to day, um, but not really enjoying life. Um, and, you know, I had a couple of bad years. 2017 was a really bad year for me. I'd found myself in a horrible rut, um, a routine which I just couldn't get out of. Um, and, you know, it really took a bit of a kick on the backside from, from my friends and my family to say, you need to make a change, you need to do something. Um, you know, I was in a job which didn't pay well. Um, amazing NHS, which is, is fantastic, but, you know, I'm very under, underpaid, overworked, I think is the uh, common phrase they use. And I just, uh, I hate it every second of working there, unfortunately. Um, and so my first step was to get a new job, which I did at the end of 2017. And then 2018 rolled in and it was almost like the clouds parted slightly and the typhoons became a thing in my life. Um, so I, yeah, I joined the typhoons at the beginning of 2018. They had only just started, so they were brand new. I think it was about four weeks in to them existing that I joined. Um, thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Um, and so, yeah, I joined the typhoons and it was a bit of a shock to the system, really, because all of a sudden I hadn't, I didn't have a lot of gay or you know, friends within the LGBT community at that point. And all of a sudden I was surrounded by not only people from the community, but surrounded by people who actually had shared experiences with mental health. And that wasn't something I had prepared myself for. I thought I was kind of going along to you know, have a bit of exercise and maybe meet a few new friends, but all of a sudden I found myself with this massive support system. Um, you know, people that I could relate to, people that could relate to me. Oh, thanks, Chris. Um, <laughs> it's a good egg. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, all of a sudden, that foundation that I had, uh, thanks to my, my other close friend, I suddenly was able to build on top of that and suddenly able to, you know, surround myself with people who, who I could identify with. Um, and so, you know, I was still, I still wasn't handling it the, the right way, but I, I had that support system in place and that was a massive turning point for me. Um, and then 2019 hit like a sledgehammer to the face. Um, in terms of my mental health, it was the worst year of my entire life. Um, about eight to nine months solid i woke up every day wishing that i just hadn't woke up thinking about death on a ridiculous scale you know every day you're thinking 
life would be better if I weren't, weren't here, if I weren't in it. You know, what would happen if, you know, something happened to me tomorrow? Would people care? What would be their reaction? You know, just really bleak thoughts every single second of every single day. Totally time consuming and energy consuming. And, you know, it, it really wasn't an existence even. You know, it was... You know, I hated everything about myself. I'd look in the mirror, I'd hate how I looked. I hated everything about my personality, about who I was. And this is only last year. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome, and that was one of the biggest driving forces of my anxiety and my depression. And that really was for every single aspect of my life, my work, my love life, my friendships, my time with rugby. Um, everything I felt like an imposter I felt like one day people are going to wise on to what a joke I am to what a mistake I am and I was just suddenly going to be without um, without friends without support um, and even like last year rugby wise it was one of my best years I you know I got man of the match twice I felt more confident than ever on the pitch but then I'd come off the pitch and all of a sudden I'd be like oh my god I'm going to get kicked out of the club I'm, I'm crap. I don't belong here. You know, the coach is going to realise that. I'd hang out with friends and they, I'd have like, they're going to realise I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. Um, and that, like I say, that was a solid eight to nine months of my year last year. Um, and it was a couple of, I had a couple of breakdowns at work and they were really the, the kind of point at which I knew I had to do something and it was getting to the point where it was getting a little bit dire now. Um, I yeah, I had a mental breakdown in front of three of my colleagues in a crowd reception area at work. One of them just turned to me and said, are you okay? Because I've been very, really quiet and it just all came flooding out and it was, it was just like all of my emotions at that point were just out there for the world to see. And, you know, at that point, that's when I started really looking at what was going on, realising that my coping mechanism wasn't helping me at all. It was like pulling a, a plaster on a knife wound. You know, it's covering it up, but it's not he healing. It's not enabling me to get better in any way. And that was the point where, you know, I started talking to people and it took that feeling of humiliation and embarrassment and desperation um, to, to really spur me on to talk to someone. And the, the first people I talked to were my closest friends, my a couple of members from the rugby team. I know one or two of them are listening. Uh, and, and also some of my friends from the wider rugby world um, who, I've, who I've met along the way at matches and, and tournaments, what have you. And it was really those people who who championed me and, you know, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassing <laughs> moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, Mom. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, you know, those people who, who just pushed me to get help and do something about it. And... And it was kind of, um, you know, the analogy I use, it was like walking around with a pallet of bricks. 
And every time I talked to someone, it was like they were taking a brick off that weight. They were taking a brick off and helping me carry it. And the more I talked to people, the more bricks they would take and the more yeah. weight would be lifted. Um, and it was really, yeah, it was at that point where I knew I needed to get proper help. I needed to stop being so stubborn because I am. Um, and, you know, again, talking to people from rugby who have been through it and they you know, say, you know, you need to talk to a, a GP. You know, it's all very well and good talking to your friends and your family, but talk to a GP or talk to a counsellor. And I did. It was, I think it was, in fact, you know, the next day at work after I'd had the first breakdown um, where I made that step and rang the GP. Immediately after ringing the GP, I rang um, a health, a mental health organisation called Minds Matter um, and just got the ball rolling and, and getting myself some real help. You know, not the help that I thought, you know, I could do myself. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I got in touch with the GP, went for an appointment with them, had several follow-ups. They were absolutely amazing. You know, I think our GPs in this country get a bad press, but absolutely incredible um you know couldn't have done more for me and be more understanding and patient um again that you know with minds matter i had several phone calls with them again they were absolutely brilliant you know it's amazing how how much they they seem to know about you without ever having met you before and again it's that feeling of there are so many people going through this like why have you been embarrassed about this? Mm. Um, and so it was, yeah, it was at that point then how, you know, they started giving me different techniques to deal with it. And, and you know, I, I got put on antidepressants to help with the anxiety because the anxiety was fueling the depression. I think a lot of people will find that the two usually go hand in hand. You know, you don't get anxiety without depression and vice versa quite a lot of the time. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I had all these different things. Um, Scott asks, um, how did it feel when you made that first step? When when I was on hold on the phone to the GP, um, I was terrified because my initial thought was, I'm wasting their time. They're going to tell me I'm wasting their time. Um, but when the phone call was over and I had that appointment, it was kind of like again using that brick analogy it was almost like all of a sudden the bricks weren't on a pallet that i was carrying they were in a wheelbarrow and all of a sudden i had a better way of dealing with it a better way of carrying that weight and so you know the, the bricks were still there the issues the anxiety and depression it was still there and i was still carrying it around but i was able to do it in a slightly easier way for me um and so yeah it was a great feeling um obviously it's not a quick fix it's not a you know you go to one appointment and you take a couple of pills and you're cured that's not life unfortunately but it was knowing that i made the first step and that was, first, which was great there's a lot of work that goes into it and obviously you touched on it before with the um, imposter syndrome and it's something that i talk about quite often i am one of the worst people for it i call it the inner saboteur it's the person that's inside of you that tells you no, that you're not good enough, that you don't deserve this, and that you 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 can't do certain things. 
And obviously, when you said before, obviously you you talk about on the phone, like when you made the phone call, when you made the initial phone call, that you know there was something saying like you, know, you don't want to do this, you can't do this, and whatever. And and that is, it, it's that imposter syndrome. It is that inner saboteur that takes over you completely, and that tells you that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you are not good enough, you can't do this, and you don't deserve this praise, you don't deserve the happiness and whatever. And overcoming that is the hardest thing, which is why they always say admitting it and obviously taking that first step is the hardest thing because you've got to overcome yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'd already come out once in my life and all the time <laughs> I've come out all over again. And, you know, telling, you know, I, the last thing I want is to, put, is to put my crap on other people. I don't like sharing my problems because I, I don't like other people having to bear my burden. And so, yeah, I think the hardest phone call I had was with my mum because, you know, your mum just wants the best for you. And so I didn't want her to worry. But again, that was, it was another brick moment. You know, as soon as I told her, I felt so much better. Um, And, you know, she, just like my friends and my teammates at the Typhoon, she has, you know, my mum's, Sounds cliche, and she's going to totally rip me for this. But my mum, <laughs> um, and she has been just as much instrumental um, over the past year in me getting, you know, help and support that I need um, as anyone else. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's always a difficult thing to to tell someone you're struggling. But I, I all along, you know, throughout this, I've, I've just told myself, you're not alone. Like, this is normal. And I think, and that's another reason I wanted to come on, really, is we need to start normalising mental health like we do with yes. physical health. You know, you wouldn't leave a broken leg or appendicitis. You would go and get the help you need to get that fixed. So why would you leave mental health? I left it for like almost half my life before I actually got proper help, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Looking back. But, and yeah, so that's the message, really, I wanted to get across is, is, you're not alone you know help is out there we all we all have we all we all go through things as well and and you know mental health we all have it like no no like when people say oh yeah i i have i i suffer with mental health no you don't suffer with mental health everybody has mental health that's just like how you're feeling so for instance my normal health my body health sometimes i'm good sometimes i'm poorly you know your mental health is it's it's your mind. We all have it. It's just sometimes it's up, sometimes it's unwell, and we need to we need to separate. We or sorry, we need to have that those two things together. We need to be looking after our body uh, as our normal health, and we need to look after our mental health. Um, and I mean, you're right with obviously with um, saying, you know, you wish that you'd done things. You know, it's taking you so long to to do this, but I think. Going back on what you said previously, we're at a point now where this is being talked about a lot more. Now, when I was younger, you know, the only times that you would hear about mental health uh, issues were on things like the soaps or the movies or wherever. And they would make it out as though these people are crazy people. That 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 person's yeah, that they're all the desperate businessmen or the crazy person. Yeah, I remember specifically uh, there was a story arc on EastEnders. I'm not an EastEnders fan, 
you know, let's just put that out there. But growing up in a household where they watch the soaps and everything, you know, when you're younger, you just sit down with your family and you watch the soaps. Um, and I remember specifically there was an episode on EastEnders where Stacey, um, it's like I remember it like it was yesterday, um, but Stacey um, got diagnosed with bipolar. And but they made it out as though she was an actual, like really, really like crazy, like doing really crazy stuff. And looking at that, how it was then compared to how mental health being treated and and looked at now, they're completely polar opposites. They're no longer saying that you know if you have mental health problems or issues or or you're suffering with poor mental health, let's say. They're not saying that like you are a crazy person. They're saying that anybody can do it. Your next door neighbor could be could be going through something. You know, it's an invisible illness, if you will. Yeah. And I think that's I think nowadays will be a lot easier to kind of deal with something like this than what it was when you and I were younger. You know, I'm categorizing us at the same age here. You know, I want to feel younger. Um, <laughs> but I've gone through so much stuff. Then obviously the, the the stories that you were saying echoes true with with my history with my personal and coming to terms with my sexuality and to be fair i didn't deal with it in a very very healthy way i dealt with it in a very very toxic way and there are people still to this day who um you know think of me as a, a very bad person for the way that i was back then um and i have had to come to terms with the person that i was i've had to embrace that person and take the light with the dark, if you will. I am a better person now in a better place, but I wouldn't be this positive and 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 how I am now if it wasn't for that toxic person back then. So I've got to kind of marry marry them together. I was that person. I take control of that person. That person doesn't exist anymore, but that person has developed me into the into the person that I am now. And I think that's uh, that's something that you that I would want everybody to take away from this episode as well is that. Yes, okay, you you know, you might have gone through all of this stuff in the past. Don't be a victim of that past. Use that and develop who you are now because who you are now is important. And that is the person that the people want to see. And the the you know, that's the person that you want to put out there. That's the the, the positive yeah. side of things. It's all about taking control of it as well. Like for, like I say, for a long time I left. I let my anxiety and my depression control me and control the world around me and how I felt about myself. But it was that moment of opening up to people, which was me taking back a little bit of that control and accepting help as well. You know, that's something I very rarely do very easily. But it was that moment of of accepting the support that I was given that was that enabled me to move forward you know I, I still get up and down days I mean, it's not like I say like I said at the beginning it's not a, a quick fix it's not something that just goes away and you know the reason I hate the word journey is because it sounds like there's a destination and I think for many people there isn't you know it's something that will be there for a long time possibly my entire life but it's it's a, a much easier journey now now that I've, I've taken the right steps and yeah, like I said at the beginning, the main reason I wanted to come on and talk about mental health in particular is because there could be someone sat there watching right now thinking, this rings true. This is, these are the experiences that I've gone through. Or even, I think this is somebody I know. Um, and, and it doesn't take much to, to, to ask for help. You know, three words. I'm not okay. I'm not fine. Help, please help me, you know. It, it doesn't take a lot 
to ask for help. And even though it's hard, I think that's something we need to get better at in general as well. Um, and so, you know, I think that is one of the things that I want people to take away from this really is, is just be more open about what you're going through and be more in tune with what other people are going through as well. You know, it's really easy. I don't know who said it, but there's a quote somewhere about everybody is the center of their own universe. And you get, it gets very easy to like look inwards and, and forget to acknowledge what's going on around you. And I'm guilty of it a lot. You know, I, I, I don't talk to people as much as I should do. And I think that's, again, something we need to get better at. We need to get better at recognizing the signs that someone isn't doing well. Yeah. Um, and be more open. And, and you might surprise yourself. You might find yourself talking to someone who actually is going through exactly the same thing you are, but it's taking that initial step to realise you've got the shared experience. Yeah, I think just, yeah, it's talking to anybody at all. And even if you reach out to somebody that you wouldn't necessarily reach out to, I think they're the stronger connections as well because suddenly you you get to know that person more and actually you might find that your experiences match theirs and you can help them through whatever they're going through or at least how I imagine how I imagine helping somebody and this is something that guys who are watching this is something that I really really believe in and I I, I hope that you take this away from what I am about to say when somebody is going through something it's easy enough for you in your sound mind if you will and in your positive attitude to go up to that person and go you are experiencing this and this is where you need to be so Come over to my side, if you will. I imagine it like a bridge. This person is on this side. of. The, let's do this one because I'm mirrored. So one person is on, on this side of the bridge here and the other person is here. And this person is shouting to this person that they belong over here. And they're saying, you just need to come over here. Everything's fine. Just come over here. But that person struggles. So how I imagine it is that when I'm going to try and help somebody, I go over to their side. I know exactly how you're feeling. I know what you're going through. Or I, I can only imagine what you're going through. Or I can't actually imagine what you're going through, but I empathize. And it's about helping them over the bridge, not just telling them that they need to get over. Like, it's all fair and well saying, yeah, but you, I, I, know, I know that you're going through this, but you shouldn't feel like this. You should be feeling like this. But that doesn't help because they are feeling like that. They are in that moment. So what you need to do is that you need to travel to their side of the bridge and help them walk 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 over it, follow them on their journey. And that's how we help each other. We have to experience that journey too with them. That's my two pence on that anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, it, it, like you say, it is, it is really easy to, to say, this is what you need to do, but it's it's about, like you say, helping them, helping people get across that bridge. Um, I wouldn't, I'm still. I think in my mind, I'm still walking across the bridge. I've not quite got to the other side, but I'm able to do that because of the people around me who are walking with me. To use your analogy, yeah, is and Scott said it there. It's, it's guiding them over instead of dragging them over. Um, but then also not telling them how they feel or how they should be feeling or how they're going to get through it. Or you know, we can all give advice, but you know what, that advice will always fall on deaf ears for the person that's going through something. They need to come to that realisation themselves. 
you know, the amount of times where I've been in the past, like in the past, for instance, and the amount of people that have gone, oh, no, you shouldn't do this. You should do it like this. Or, you know, this is how I would deal with it. I am not you. I will deal with this in my way. I, I thank you for your concern. And I'm glad that you are helping, like trying to help. But don't tell me how I'm going to get there. I need to realize that myself. And I think that that's something that we need to be mindful of, that we can't tell somebody how to get through something. We can just be there and help them get through it. We can't drag them over that bridge, as Scott's just said. You know, we've got to, we've got to guide them. We can't, we can give like a, a little bit of advice, but ultimately you have to learn that experience yourself and you have to experience the, otherwise, otherwise you're cheating it. You just, you're jumping over the bridge. You're not walking through it. So yeah. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you um, feel like, you know, you, you need to get out there or have you covered everything? I think I've covered everything really. I think the main thing for me, which, you know, at the point that I've reiter reiterated a few times now is, you know, you're not alone. It, you know, it, it's really important to know that, you know, I think it's around 50 million people around the world are dealing with some form of mental health issue, whether that's anxiety, depression, OCD, schizophrenia, and, um, you know, any, any, whatever it is, that's, 450 million people, that's a hell of a lot of people, you know, and chances are you're going to know some of them. Chances are it's a family member, a friend, or a teammate, a co-worker. It might just be someone, you know, one of the other parents dropping their kid off at school, someone you see on the bus every day to work, the, the guy behind the till at your local shop. Chances are you will have come across someone in your life, or several people in your life, who are going through the same thing. And I think, you know, it's it's about recognising that and, and using that knowledge to to normalise mental health. And and I think, um, yeah, that's one of the main things that I would encourage people to almost use it as a mantra. You know, it sounds corny, it sounds, you know, it sounds cheesy as hell, but you are not alone is, is a great... Yeah, and like Jim says, it might be the person you, you don't expect. You know, for me, like I said, I was always, you know, trying to put on a smile, trying to be the funny guy, trying to be the class clown, you know, trying to be Mr. Positive all the time. And I think it took a long time for people to call on to the fact that mm, I, that wasn't the case. That was just a facade. And so, uh, yeah, I think James is right in what he's saying. It's not always the people you expect. So. You know, just remember that. With um, that leads me nicely onto a question that we had uh, in, from Terry Baker. Um, <laughs> so Terry asks, uh, this is, I'm, I'm going to move on to his second question because this is quite relevant to what we're talking about now. Um, knowing what you do now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, first one, I think there's kind of four areas that I would talk about really and advise someone. I think the first one I've covered quite a lot, which is the whole reminding yourself that you're not alone. I think getting that drilled into your head um, is so important because that's how you start to make the initial steps. And it took me a long time to accept that. And, and like, I, you know, I kept using the, you know, foundation building on it analogy. And so that for me was the starting point, reminding yourself of that and accepting that it's human nature to 
to not be okay sometimes. Um, so that would be my first piece of advice. Just remember that. Second would be to reach out to someone. I know it's it's a, it's a difficult thing to do. You know, for me, I, I'm kind of surprised it took so long considering I'd already come out, which is one of the hardest things someone in the LGBT community can do. So for me, it was like coming out a second time, really. And, and you know, like, like I said before, it, it doesn't take much. Three words, you know, I'm, I'm not okay. I'm not fine. I need help. I'm struggling. Please help me. You know, it, it's, you know, you could be sat with someone right now watching this thinking, I need help. And all it would take is for you to just turn to that person right this second and say, this guy's talking about what I'm going through. Um, so communication is so important and you might not be the person going through it, but you might suspect someone else is. And all it takes from you in that case is, are you okay? Are you actually okay? Do you need help? Do you want to talk? And so, it, yeah, it's, it's the second piece of advice would be communicate and connect with people. Um, third one, probably seek out the help and accept it where it's given. You know, it's it's all very well knowing that there's a problem, but unless you're willing to do something about it, it's never going to change. And it's easier said than done. Like I say, it took me a long time. Um, but you know, there's so many resources now. We you know we got the world's information at our fingertips. You know, we've never been more connected in that sense. And so all it takes is two seconds online to find some help that would be good for you, whether it's calling your GP or a mental health charity or just looking online for advice or calling a friend and asking them for advice. You know, there's so much, so many resources out there that people can utilise. But it's all very well just doing that side, but you also have to accept the help that's given to you. You might not like it and you might feel embarrassed by it, but unless you're willing to, to accept the help and take those steps, nothing's going to change, like I say. So, yeah, my third piece of advice would be seek out and accept the help. And my final piece of advice would be share your experiences. You know, you might, like me now, you might have gone through a whole heap of crap and it's only now that I feel open enough to talk about it. And it's by sharing that and connecting with people and and kind of explaining how it affected you that other people can, can take something away from that. Um, and so, yeah, share your experiences, you know, create this pool of knowledge for everybody else, create this pool of experiences for everyone else that people can re relate to and understand. Um, and that will hopefully encourage other people to to make the steps they need. Um, so, yeah, that would be my final piece of advice, I think. Brilliant. Well, that nicely leads us on to um, our last section, which is that I always give my guests the opportunity to give a quote. Now, that quote can be something that they believe in. It could be something that they've heard. It could be something that they've made up themselves. But it's a quote that I think that people should take away from the episode. It's something that sh should be remembered. So what would be your quote for everybody to take away from today's episode? Um, so my quote is um, something said by Matt Haig. Matt Haig is an English novelist and journalist who, who, deal, who does a lot of work around mental health. 
And his quote is, uh, mental health problems don't define who you are. They are some uh, something you experience. You walk in the rain and you feel the rain, but importantly, you are not the rain. So basically what he's saying is, you know, mental health isn't you. It's, it's not who you are. It's something that happens to you and happens to so many other people. It's an experience, it's a life experience. But it's something you can get through. It's something you can move past. Um, and so, yeah, I, I saw this quote and I just, it, it just encapsulated how I feel about my own mental health and something yeah. that I think other people can take away. I absolutely love that quote. Like you, it doesn't define who you are. Nothing defines who you are apart from who you are as a person. And I think that, um, you know, it's even boiling down to even like something like the LGBTQ plus community, even like, you know, even if it, you've got a, a disability or if you have got mental health problems, these do not define who you are. You know, remember that it's just, it is, it will pass. And uh, you know, not not everything passes. Obviously, mental health will pass. But these these character traits, these whatever they don't these don't define who you are. You know, with mental health, it's something that you that it is like the rain. You know, it passes at some point. You've just got to get through it. But you've got to remember that that is it isn't you. These little things, these aren't who you are your personality and who what you put out to the world that defines who you are these other things they don't and i absolutely love this quote i think thank you so much for sharing that quote with uh with us today um right well that that brings us to the end of today's show have you had fun i have yeah it's um like i say it's it's weird opening up about these things um but you know if even just one person is helped or moved by my experiences, then absolutely worth it. And, you know, fingers crossed it does help someone. So Hopefully, yeah. Uh, guys, you know, communication, that was one of the things that you said, one of the, one of the prime things. Communication is key. You might not be going through, um, you know, something at the moment, but you damn well know that you will, that you will know someone. Or we know, hang on, no, you damn know that you know somebody that is going through something, whether you know it or not. Somebody that you, you speak to is going through something. So reach out. It doesn't matter, you know, you might, you, it, it might not even be that you suspect it. Just communicate, just reach out to someone, find out what's, what's, going, on, what's going on in their life. And you'll find that reaching out to someone may actually help somebody. And may actually, you know, help that person more than you actually know. Um, last few comments coming in before we close today's episode. Massive amounts of respect, Nathan. Not for not just for doing this, but in general. Thank you, Joe. Um, Scott says thank you for everything. Uh, Leela, well done, Nathan. Hey, Leela. Got Harry. Love you, buddy. That's my best mate, Harry. Love him. <laughs> And mum's popped back on with loads of love hearts. <laughs> uh, Tracy, just to let you know that he did officially say live on Facebook that you are his best friend. Oh, so that is official. It is officially all over Facebook. <laughs> so there you go. You yeah. are his best friend. 
Uh, well done, Nathan, from John James. Thank you, John. Um, guys, keep those comments rolling through. Even after the live is finished, if you've got questions, if you've got comments, whatever, pop them in. Even if, for instance, you want to reach out to one of us, even if it's not me, it could be Nathan. Nathan might want you to reach out to him. You might not even know Nathan, but reach out. He's a great guy. Um, and so am I. I'd like to think I'm a great guy anyway. But reach out to me as well. If you want, to, if you are feeling like you're going through something or you suspect that somebody might be going through something and you need a bit of advice on how to handle that certain situation, please 100% reach out to either me or to Nathan or to whoever is within your circle and find out how you can help because that is the important thing. And you have to remember it's here. You are not alone. Please remember that. That is something that I always say to people. You are not alone. We all go through something. So please remember that you are not alone. Right. Well, that does take us to the end of the episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Nathan, thank you so much for... I knew this episode was going to be brilliant. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for for appearing on it, for opening up to us, for talking about your experiences and sharing your story. It has meant the world to me and obviously to other people as well. Um, <laughs> no worries. Next week's show, guys. So there was a little bit of a mix-up. It was my problem. Um, it was my fault. But next week's show, we are talking about uh, LGBT uh, history in sports and also talking about transgender rights within the sporting community as well. Uh, that advert went out earlier this week. Apologies, that was for next week. <laughs> but you've had a sneak preview, so there you go. So we will be talking about that next week uh, with Lawrence. Lawrence will be appearing on the show. And don't forget, guys, as well, I am looking for Lockdown Heroes. So Lockdown Heroes Assemble, uh, we are after, or I am after, your Lockdown Hero nominations, which is essentially you nominating somebody within your local community, within somebody who you know, whether it be a friend, a family member, could be a work colleague, it could be a sports colleague, there you go. Uh, it could be absolutely, it could be a teammate, it could be absolutely anybody who has helped you through lockdown. It doesn't matter what they've done. It could be that they've delivered home-baked goods to your house. It could be that they've just helped you mentally. It could just be that they have just constantly got in touch with you and helped you through, you know, lockdown. Whatever it is, get them – sorry, you get in touch with me and nominate them. Each of the nominations I will look through, and the best nominations, the people who've got the, the best stories I'll be putting out there, and I will be giving them a thank you hamper from Spill It. That will include loads of munch, loads of goodies, uh, and a T-shirt and, and a notebook as well from Spill It. And that's all free of charge. All you have to do is nominate. So I want to give something back to the community. And the way that I do that is by you guys nominating your, nom uh, your lockdown heroes. Uh, if you have liked this episode, guys, don't forget as well to like and follow. It's you know really important you do that. Let's get the world. Let's get the world talking about spill it. Let's get everybody spilling the tea, spilling the beans, whatever you wanted to call it. Let's just spill it together. Um, <laughs> right, that is the end of that. I hope you enjoyed yourself, Nathan. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, very thank much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, guys, for tuning in and. We will see you all on next week's episode. Bye for now.